And now for something completely different. On this episode of Data Driven, Frank interviews the one and only Lauren Tickner, founder and CEO of Impact School. Lauren Tickner was named by Forbes as a top 10 entrepreneur to watch and a marketing genius by the London Stock Exchange. In this show, we talk about entrepreneurship, branding, and living your best life. Finally, I won't be the only British lady to be on the show. I find it ironic that this show premieres during the holiday where the colonies celebrate their independence. Hello and welcome to Data Driven, a podcast where we explore the emergent fields of data science on artificial intelligence. Um, Andy could be a little bit late. He had a last minute customer emergency. But today uh, I'm going to have on someone I've admired on uh, online and some of her work that she's done Um it is, it is a, a distinct honor and pleasure to invite this British lady, not Bailey, onto the show. Um, and uh, welcome to the show, Lauren. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, uh, <laughs> that bloody British lady, you know, I mean, <laughs> hey, at least I, I, I know you're not referring to me. So no, that's no, 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 no. <laughs> we always refer to her as that nice British lady. So oh, okay. the story behind that is Andy, uh, I, I, grew up in New York City. I'm definitely, I sound very Northeast, Northeastern U.S. Andy lives in Virginia. He's very, uh, has a very, uh, very distinguished Southern drawl. So when we were putting together the podcast, uh, you know, six, seven years ago, I realized like we sound a little too East Coast together. So I went to Fiverr and I found a British um, uh, voiceover actress to record uh, kind of the intro to the show to give it kind of a bit of more of a, to, to make it, to move the average away from kind of the East coast of the U S and um, over the years, AI has gotten so good at mimicking human voices that somewhere around season three or four, we switched to an AI voice generating this. And over the years we've generated that into a character called Bailey, which is short for British AI lady. I uh, thought you would get a kick out of that. Um, and, um, and the technology has gotten so good now that there's actually, I can actually create an animation of her. And it looks very realistic. Oh. If you watch it for a little while, it has that kind of Max Hedrum-ish, kind of not quite real look. But okay. um, but it, it it's an exciting field to be in. And and I know. So so tell us tell our listeners who may or may not be familiar with you. Who are you? And 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 what do you do, basically? Well, I'm definitely not as much of a nerd as you and your listeners, that's for sure. I mean, my <laughs> my my expertise is really on uh, social media and selling stuff using social media. And so my background was I started out in the health and fitness industry. Then I moved into from people asking me how to build like a, a social media brand, essentially. So I started selling courses about personal branding. And then from there, lead generation agency and realized it just made sense to combine the latter two into one business which is now impact school and so we help people sell more stuff on social media put it really really simply and that's what we love to do installing social media sales systems into people's businesses but i think it's really interesting because what i'm excited about with ai is when the ai can basically learn how to have the entire sales conversation so that the human doesn't need to be involved anymore because right now chatbots are cool and we've tried some stuff but it just doesn't have the tonality that we really, really want it to be able to have to make this something that doesn't feel like a spammy kind of AI bot sales system. I think it's going to be coming real soon. So if people are listening to this in like 2024 and beyond, it's probably already there. But <laughs> that, 
yeah, that's well, what I'm all about. And uh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Probably the way things are going, maybe next week. Who knows? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Cool. Um, I think one of the things that that inspired me about your story is that you were like a cubicle worker, and you know, you kind of you talked about this, and not so much lately, but like like uh, in some other videos you've done, where and like in put it in perspective, like you, there's pictures of you hanging out with Gary V, right? And there's also um, you also have interviewed a uh, personal idol of mine and Andy's, Grant Cardone. Uh, that was one heck of a conversation. You've had a couple of interviews with him, so that that's awesome. Like, and it's just it's just kind of cool. And you know, well, your experience I think speaks to the the possibility of life in this in this age, right? Like, you know, everything's virtual. There's a, a huge opportunity in the social media space, and I think that your entrepreneurial journey I think would be interest to a lot of our listeners. Um, so so what happened one day? You were just unhappy. Like, how did that work? Like. Yeah, so I used to, like, they installed these standing desks in my office. So I used to always put my standing desk so that I would stand, whereas everybody else wanted to move theirs. You could elevate it downwards, so they would sit down. So all day, all the time, I was just, like, researching health and fitness-related stuff. And then at one moment, I just thought to myself, oh, dear God, if I stay in this job... I'm going to become just like my manager who was a total asshole. And honestly, I really hated talking to him because he was so boring. And so I thought he hates his life. Whereas my trajectory is basically to become that because I was trying to get a job in the sales team, but they wouldn't let me join that because I was on this other track. And I was like, this is so, it's just taking my freedom. You know what I mean? I, I had like no freedom and I didn't get to choose what I was doing. So essentially the guy that was sat behind me I could hear him talking to the person he was sat next to about how his daughter had got into a car crash and essentially he was planning this trip to take them on holidays, on vacation. But now because she had this car crash, he had to pay some bill. I don't really remember the specifics of it, but because of the fact that this happened, he couldn't afford to take them on this vacation anymore. Oh my like, God. This guy works in this like really successful asset management job. But he still can't afford to take his family on one vacation in a year. This is not the life that I want for myself. And so at the time, yeah, as I said, I was like obsessed with fitness. And I was always really embarrassed to try and make my career be something in the fitness space because it's pretty known that people in fitness don't make a lot of money. And for my family, I should go and have this really successful finance job. So eventually I made enough on social media in fitness just to show my dad that I could make more from this than I was actually making in my job and so once I hit that then I basically handed in my notice the day after I got my bonus and really really focused on selling premium price packages in the fitness industry using social media so that I could you know I only needed a couple of grand a month to make more than my corporate job in the beginning. So if I could just make one sale a month, I was sweet. Like I was good. And that's all I needed. I didn't have a ton of bills. I was like, you know, in my teenage years. Right. So there was not a lot of pressure, but I think a lot of people overcomplicate what they really, really need to do. And let's say you need to make hundred K per year to cover everything that you do right now and your family, et cetera. That's like four clients each paying you two grand a month. It's not that difficult to actually make that many sales, but people kind of overcomplicate everything and they try and sell all these different products and services. Whereas I just focused on this one specific thing. I sold it again and again, like I built it once and I could sell it multiple times over with doing some one-on-one -on -one delivery. And that's how I was able to actually break free 
from this it wasn't just the, the job it was more like the whole life that I had planned out for myself in my head no no I, I totally get that because you know I, I think you grew up in and around London but I grew up in and around New York where yeah. the the only not the only but one of the few respectable jobs was in the financial industry right financial. and that's that's the goal right I mean that's the golden ticket like when I landed my first gig at Merrill Lynch my family was like so like mm -hmm. above the moon like oh this is the man from Merrill Lynch which Apparently was commercial yeah. from the sixties, but like, but, but, you know, you, you get to the point where that may not be where you want to be. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense. So it's like for you to make that step, I mean, that's really cool. And, and I think that when you say that people overcomplicate it, engineers complicate everything. I can tell you right now, like, like we, we love, we try to, we say we try to simplify things, but we always kind of think, put more thought into it. But when you run the numbers, you do the math, like you said, like you broke yourself free of that. And I think that, that's that's inspirational like i know like i think when i first reached out to you um was uh like one of your social media ads actually you were like you had some kind of black friday sale and and i was you know it was during the pandemic and i i, I um we were hanging out at the beach all week right because the kids were on zoom for school i could do all my meetings virtually and it was like it was like two weeks after this meeting i had where this CEO of a very prominent kind of beltway bandit in the defense industry basically mm -hmm. called me a, a sorted list of names on a call. And like, I wanted to, oh. I grew up, I grew up in New York city. Like that, the, in, the, the knee jerk instinct is to push right back. You know what I mean? And, um, I was like, I can't do that. Like, I can't do that. I shouldn't do it. But I can't do it. You know what I mean? Um, and I kind of had this moment while I was walking the dog on the beach, like, this is awesome. Like, you know, I don't like warm weather. So, you know, so being in the beach in November is like perfect for me. So I was just like sitting there with my dog and I'm like, yeah, this needs to be a thing like this freedom and stuff like that. And I eventually left that job to go join a startup, which was fun and and, and exciting, but you're right. Like we do overcomplicate things. Um, mm -hmm. And the other thing you said, this is really, you, you have a sense of humor that's really funny too. Like your posts are not just like all serious stuff. They're awesome to watch. Like even if you have no plan to do entrepreneurship, like your whole thing you did with your, um, it's you don't post pictures of your boyfriend on social media, right? You did, you did, you, it was funny. You know, it's funny because like you did a very serious type of thing. Like this is why I don't do it. I respect his privacy, which is commendable. Uh, but you also said like, um, plus he's really ugly. Like you said something like that at the end. I was like, I still think that's hilarious. Like, it's just like, you just have a really cool kind of style that I think works in social media and, and probably works in business too, you know, but, but, you know, um, I, I'll stop fanboying out, but like, <laughs> people so, think they need to be, they, I think people think that they need to be this character when, if you're just yourself and I just love, I love to take like the comments that people actually say because yeah. someone commented on the post is like, it's clearly because he's so ugly. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's clearly because of that. <laughs> I'm like, no, it, it's, it's, it's just funny. Like, like, and, and, and you're right. Like, as you get prominent online, like you get, you're going to get a lot of, you know, comments, like, you know, you're going to get your haters. And like, I used to get mad at the haters, but I'm like, dude, this is awesome. I got a hater now. Like, you know, <laughs> so I was working on, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. And I, I was working on something that my ultimate goal is just, just as an experiment to try a thing where I can completely automate like 90% of a podcast flow, including the pitch and delivery of the presenter, which of course is going to be Bailey. That's our, the kind of the, the AI face of the brand. And like somebody, I was talking about this in a podcast group and then 
somebody wrote like, oh, your podcast is so authentic. And I'm like, I thought I took it originally as a compliment. And he goes, I said, thanks. And he goes, no, I didn't mean that as a compliment. And my first instinct was to go, you know, screw you, buddy, you know. Um, and then I was like, no, no, no. I got a hater. That's a, that's like, you know, talk that. <laughs> it's like when you play Xbox, you know, you get the point, like, achievement unlocked. You know what I mean? So um, it's a bit like that. So, so, uh, and, and your way you manage your social media is also impressive. Like you're, you're like everywhere. Like if you do a Google search for your name, like, you know, Instagram pops up, this pops up, like, and it's all, it's all, I mean, you, you know, now you have a team. But how did you do that in the beginning? Was it was it like a lot of work? Was it just how did you and I guess we can kind of loop this into data because I know I'm going to get some some email like but you didn't talk about data. Like we're trying to be inspirational here. Right. So like how did you know which platforms to use? Right. Because you probably didn't start on all the platforms at once. Did you pick one and then kind of own that well, and then expand? Yeah, I mean, one of the easiest things to do is just copy and paste everything onto every platform. I don't know why more people don't do that. It takes legitimately like two minutes. And everybody here is like tech nerds listening, right? So I'm pretty sure you can find a way within five minutes to like make one automation so that you just put the post in one place and then it just goes on every platform. So you can automate that really, really easily. Just make sure that the API thing is all set up good and then you'll be sweet, right? So that's the first thing. But the second thing is to your point, I actually still do miss my social media myself, not the video editing parts, but like a lot of the copywriting. And then now I've recently just brought in a copywriter to support me. But like for the longest time, I've, I've pretty much done that myself. And the reason being is because it doesn't take that long. It takes me maximum 45 minutes a week. It really doesn't take long. I really enjoy doing it as well. It gives me energy. And so if someone is trying to start out on social media, I think the first thing to, to really simplify things is just to figure out what like five buckets are you going to talk about? Just really simplify things like that. Like what are the five different areas that you're going to make content around? And then you can make content around those things and take any random thing that goes on in the day and turn that into a story. So for example, one of the things with AI right now that makes social media challenging is like, if you're writing copy with AI, it is pretty like impersonal, right? So you can take what it says and then you can put your own spin on it and actually turn it into a real story. Otherwise it's like, here are the five things to do to leverage data in your business. And then it just makes this giant list. And that's really boring content. People wanna read stories. And so I have a framework, which is PASTA, right? So it stands for problem. So what's the problem that you're talking about here? How can you amplify the problem and just make it hit? So put in real, logical examples here okay s is the story so what's like the actual story that you're telling here the t is all about the transformation and then the a is all about the action the call to action that you're having and then there's another a on the end which is like what is the aha moment that you're trying to get someone to achieve so let's reverse engineer this first of all whenever someone consumes a social media post the goal is to always get them to take an action and the way that you can get them to take the action, the best way that I found is to get them to have an aha moment. So what is an aha moment? It's like when you're reading something, you know, have you ever had that feeling where you read something and you're like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. Or, oh gosh, that was so funny. Or, oh gosh, this is just, it just, just is cool, right? So that's the aha moment. So when you know what the aha moment is, you know what action you want them to take. So if you're going to try and get them to be like, oh my gosh, I need to set up my tracking properly on my website. Then it's like, okay, the action that you're going to get them to take is to opt into a free training about how to set up 
you're tracking properly on your website. Okay, so you're going to tell them to send you a message saying the word access so that they can get access to that training as an example, or you're going to tell them to click the link in your bio, right? So then from there, then you know, okay, well, what's the problem that you're going to center this around? Well, because you know the action is you're sending people to that training about setting tracking up on the website. The problem that you can create is all of the risks of not having tracking set up on your website. Okay, so then you know the transformation that you want to showcase is somebody who had a really bad tracking on their website before. And then the transformation is how amazing all their businesses now since they've got proper tracking on their website and then you need to tell a story so the s is the story so what story could you tell it could be a personal example or an example of a client or a friend of yours right something that has actually happened in the real world is always what i find tends to be best because then you can add data to the story to make it logical and make it more real and showcase clearly in somebody's life how this could actually really really affect them and so then from there very easily you can turn something which is relating to your business or your interest what it is that you do into an actual way to get people to engage with your content to sign up to your email list phone number list etc in a way that's more real because people connect way more with stories than just like these random listicles <laughs> you know what i mean so right, then right. once you've written it you can just copy paste it everywhere add a photo next to it because things just tend to do better if you pop a photo on it and then you can just copy paste it on every platform it's pretty simple Interesting, interesting. So, so you don't, you're not a big subscriber in the idea that every platform is a little different. Like they are a little different, but maybe it's just the juice isn't worth the squeeze, right? Like the amount of effort yeah. of rewriting everything. Like you said you spend 45 minutes. Like you're send, you're writing, you're spending 45 minutes, and you're doing it for all of your stuff, right? Yeah. I, I, is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah, I mean, like for example, to get something from Instagram to TikTok, as an example. You, you you need to change it a bit because TikTok has the video. You know what I mean? So right, instead right. of just having an image with a caption, you're just going to take the caption and put it on top of a video with music. Then you can also have it go on Reels, like on Instagram, on YouTube Shorts, on every platform. Then you have another piece of content, which is the video form, because most platforms have the video form and the text form. So then you can literally make it go even further on the same platform. So on Instagram, you could have the Reel, and the version which is like the image and the caption and the version which is like tweet style you know like it's as though it's been a, a screenshotted tweet so you can actually make the same content go three times on the same platform save so much time that could be three weeks worth of content wow wow i hadn't thought of it that way i mean i'm a big fan of automation yeah. obviously but like and you know it's it no i like that because like the the one of the things I might have learned it from you actually is you can't make the assumption like if you post a tweet or you're writing a little article on LinkedIn, you can't make the assumption that everyone in your audience or desired audience has read it. Like you know what I mean? Like I'll I'll like I I had this aha moment and I'll, I'll attribute it to you. I I, I uh, but it was like, you know, I did that. Like I repeated the content and I felt kind of a little 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 creator shame, you know what I mean? But I was like and then the second or third time I posted it, it, it took off just because the way yeah. these algorithms work and, you know, uh, God only knows if, if people will see it the first time. So, like, don't feel bad about reusing content, right? Is that, you know, I see I, oh, for yeah. those for those listening, like the facial expression there said it all, but but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, like we I post the same stuff again and again all the time because then you find what works as well. So I always split my content out into three groups so the first group is talking to people who have no goddamn clue who i am 
So in that content, I need to make sure I answer the question that they're thinking, why should I listen to this random girl on the internet? The second group of people are people that already know who I am, but maybe they don't know what it is that I can actually do to help them. So I need to talk really, really tactically to showcase to these people that know who I am, why they should listen to me in my very specific area so that they're more interested in actually working with my business. And the third group of people are people that know what I do for business already, and they just need an opportunity to opt in to become a client of mine. So the three different types of content, you're basically segmenting it into top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, and the bottom of the funnel. So then you basically take a different pair of glasses every time you're making content, and then the top of the funnel, make sure you post one of those a week. Middle of the funnel, one of those a week. Bottom of the funnel, one of those a week. And until you can actually get that down in the beginning, you don't need to do more than that. So the top of the funnel style of post, I found something that really works for me. And this is basically where I say, I became a millionaire by the age of 23 without OnlyFans, daddy's money or multi-level marketing. And then the last line is whatever I'm going to talk about in that post. So it's like, here's the business model that made me a millionaire or here's the sales system that made me a millionaire. And then I can go into that and showcase value because people are listening to me now. They know why I'm credible, right? Then for the middle of the funnel content, I take off my glasses for the top of the funnel and I put on my middle of the funnel glasses. And now I'm speaking to people, they know who I am, they know why I'm credible, but now I need to show them tactically what I can do for them and the transformation I can make in their lives, right? So this is where I'll take a concept, let's say it's how to get more qualified leads on social media, all right? So then it's like, I will make sure that I'm talking about that topic, bearing in mind these people already know who I am, I don't need to try and showcase more credibility. And the best type of content we found from that is like a client before and after. So for example, I made one yesterday and it was like, my client Jazz was making 20 grand a month, now she's made like 130 grand a month. Here are the five changes we made to like whatever it was with her business. So then I made a super tactical post about that. And then the third type of content is literally just like, we'll install a social media sales system into your business and coach you one-on-one so you can land between three and five high paying clients extra per week, something like that. And then in every single post, you want to have a different keyword call to action so that then your system is able to knowing, did this person come in cold, warm or hot? And that then allows you to... Are you breaking up signal wise? And different. Okay, no worries. Uh, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay. Like, like you froze okay, like cool. midway. So I'm then... like, oh my god, all this wisdom is being lost. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. So we break it up into the top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, and the bottom of the funnel, so that then we can send them the right information depending on how they came in. And if there's an appointment setter on our team who's talking to somebody and they think that they're really hot, then they'll mark them as bottom of the funnel. And then that means that we know to send them the content, which is specifically about our services. Whereas if we mark them, if we need to do it manually as top of the funnel, then we'll mark them as more cold so that we can send them more marketing. Um, and so on this note, basically then what we have is we have three different segmentations in our email list and in our all of our contacts so that we know to send the right message to the right people and it doesn't get all spammy and, and cluttered right so that's how we do that using social media as well interesting so you probably have some kind of crm on the back end of this yeah 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 for sure yeah so to so now to answer the data question this is the data scientist in me have you noticed patterns like it takes x number of you know 
pieces of content that they have to see. And if this is secret sauce, that's fine. Just say, no way, Frank. Uh, but I mean, like, do 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 you or someone on your team look for patterns like in this and try to optimize on that? Yeah, so I have a tech nerd like you on my team okay. <laughs> who looks at this stuff to try and automate more and to also try and notice trends. One of the trends that we notice is that the best clients that end up staying with us for the longest is they've watched two case studies before they join. So we force two case study testimonials to be viewed before they actually get on a sales call to become our client because they oh. stay for long. It's not even that it increases the length of the sale the speed of the sales cycle sorry it's it actually makes them stay as a client of ours for longer obviously there's this one case study that we have everybody watch because this one just explains really really well how our process works so we have everybody watch that before they join and that was a trend that we saw in the data there like it's ridiculous the the difference and then some other examples of i mean we're always looking for trends i think if you can reverse engineer the sale and you can reverse engineer the client journey then you can enforce it so we always look to, okay, this person saw this piece of content and then they watch this thing and we track it all from click to close to continuity. So a lot of people track their marketing and their sales, but we also track why do people stay with us for longer? So if, for example, they can get within on a quick welcome call within four hours of joining, we know that they're going to be more likely to have a positive experience with us. So that's something that we actually recently added because before we would allow it to happen within the first 48 hours, whereas now we know within the first four hours, right? The time has to be way more compressed. So this was a challenge because what if nobody's available? You know what I mean? Like it's really, really hot. So instead what we have is when this comes in now, it automates to whoever's calendar it gets put on. It doesn't go onto their account manager's calendar only because the account manager may be busy. They may not even be working that day if a new sale came in on Saturday. So instead what we had to do is we had to open up a pooled calendar so it could go round robin. So they could actually book a time on that same day within the first four hours, depending on who's actually available online right now now anybody takes the call instead of just one of the person that they're actually going to be working directly with fascinating it's an interesting like as and and as an engineer like i i always see like i'll call you an influencer i know in some circles influencer is not a good word but like i i need it in the best possible way but like yeah, yeah. um i always wondered about the inner workings of how kind of it works you know what i mean like because you know you're everywhere and as awesome as you are, there's only 24 hours in a day, <laughs> you know, and, yeah, yeah. and, and a third of that has to be devoted to sleep of some kind. Right. Like, so, so I, I always curious, like, how does she do it? Cause it just doesn't seem to like, well, so, I mean, it just, you have, I don't want to say facade, but like you, you have the ability, I think, to maximize your time to the point where it looks like you're everywhere all the time, which is, yeah. which is, I, I think, and I don't, I get, I'm getting a lot out of this, like from like, just understanding like how the, what, what's working behind the curtain. I, I, I'm just fascinated by that. But, um, um, so where, where, where do you think you're going to go next? Like, and I don't mean like, you know, whatever exotic location you're going to travel to next, although that would <laughs> yeah. be cool. Uh, but like, like what, what do you think, do you, you know, obviously you seem like someone who's very motivated and you're always going to kind of, you know, go above and beyond? Like, is that, am I wrong on that? Or is that, is that, or do you plan on like, what's, what's the next big 10 X step for Lauren? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's some people that just can't switch off. I'm definitely one of those people, but I think I've got more relaxed over the years through having the right systems and processes in place, right? I'm like super systems oriented, seriously. I mean, and to your point, I've got like 25 plus people working for me. And so I'm actually trying to slowly over time, you know, decrease the number of people that work for me, increase the quality of people. So to your point, like, yeah, we used to have a team of like four people doing tech and automation. Now I just have one because before I was off offshoring that, outsourcing it to like South America or, you know, like the Philippines. Whereas now I actually tended to employ people who are from, uh, let's say USA, UK, Canada, um, Europe, uh, South Africa mainly, just changing who I was hiring because I found that it just allowed me to have fewer people on the team because I don't like having this giant team. It's really stressful. I one time had 47 people um, and it was hell. <laughs> so yeah, that's just like one of the things. But my aim is to really simplify everything I'm doing, have a smaller internal company, and then essentially have more different businesses. So that's really what I'm working towards at the moment is on getting deals where I have a smaller percentage in companies and then having an internal team to scale up those businesses rather than having one big company with a ton of clients. Instead, I want to have the businesses essentially be the client, but it's actually a business that I own. That's more interesting to me because if I look at the upside that we bring to companies, it's so high. And I actually calculated if we only own 10% of these businesses, our revenue over the last few years would have been multiples higher. And so when you see that, it's kind of like, well, to be honest, we're really good at what we do. So instead of just selling services, why not buy companies and do the service on those companies? And oh, that's kind of interesting. The direction that I'm going on. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's that's a that's a fascinating trend I'm seeing is that people talking about instead of starting your own business, entrepreneurs kind of buying into other ones. I don't, um, yeah, that's a that's exactly. an interesting idea because if you bring your weight and uh, I mean like you, if you bring your talent and and, and presence to bear on these companies, yeah. like you can, it's like you're putting a jetpack on these things. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. With, you mentioned like you know influencer or whatever however we want to say that word but i get a lot of opportunity come towards me and these are crazy deals you know what i mean and so it's things that other people wouldn't otherwise get but i don't want to put my name on something because i don't want companies to be dependent on me i instead right. want to be able to build the real asset value and that's something that i'm more interested in doing so that then the content that i make is just content that i enjoy to make rather than it being necessary to bring in leads so that's kind of another shift that I'm making uh, at the moment, which, yeah, so far it's, it's going great. And for me, it's more enjoyable because then I don't have to always put out the message that's going to bring in the leads. Instead, I can focus on making content that is, you know, you said I make funny content. I prefer to just have banter. You know what I mean? It's more fun. No, me. yeah, it, it's it's entertaining. Like, if nothing else, like, it's just funny. Like, the whole, the whole thing, like, obviously, it's because he's ugly thing, like, crack me off. Like, it was just like, that's funny. And then there was something else you had done. I forget, but like, it was just, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just your, your content is just funny to watch. Like you could almost have like a, like a sitcom, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't think my band is that good. It'd be like a quasi reality show, you know, like, you know, where in the world is Lauren Tickner or something like that? I don't know. But like, good question. Um, but no, it, it, it's interesting. So, so what would be your advice to, 
if we had to distill it down to what would be your advice to aspiring kind of entrepreneurs that just are afraid to make the leap? Mm. Well, I think we overweight the potential downside, especially when we've never done it before, because you can always think about all the potential consequences, but we never think about all the potential benefits, right? So right. it's really simple. If you're a logical person, you can literally just make realistic lists. What could go right? What could go wrong? And then it comes down to actually understanding clearly the vehicle in which you're going to use to be successful in business. Because I have this frame whenever I'm thinking about anything, literally anything. I always think, well, what if I were to replace the word time for life? So I'm spending a lot of time in this job that I hate. Right. I'm spending a lot of life in the job that I hate. Oh, and I, think that, I think that empowers you to make better decisions. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, well, I, I, unless you're literally like living paycheck to paycheck, I really, well, firstly, like, do you need to cut your expenses? But second thing is your listeners are most likely people that have been in pretty high paid jobs. And it's that concept of the golden handcuffs. It keeps you there just because of the money. But you can make way, like, I, I reckon the people that listen to this right now, they can make so much money just going and working in, like, startups or entrepreneurial businesses where you actually have free reign and control. You just need to be able to showcase the benefit that you can bring to companies. For example, if you're really good at automation or if you're really good at data mining and, da you know, interpreting data, et cetera, then showcase what value that could bring to companies. Because I think sometimes online businesses especially don't even really understand that they don't know what they're missing until they have that like I've seen that in my business I didn't know what I was missing until I had that <laughs> and it right. just saves so much saves so much like inefficiency and it actually meant that I could there was many many salaries that I was paying that I didn't need to pay anymore from work that could simply be automated you know so how can you showcase how can you showcase benefits to companies that they may not otherwise already see Interesting. No, that's a, that's a, that, I like that. And I also, um, I can see that. And then that time for life thing really reframes the question. I think that's brilliant. That, that, that is the key takeaway, I think, for this show. Um, uh, so where, <laughs> where, where can folks, obviously, if you just do a search for your name, which your, your SEO game is on fire, uh, but like, where can people find out more about you and Impact School and, and things like that? Yeah, well, funny, I've actually never done any SEO or hired anyone for that. Really? <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. So the best place, you know, you guys obviously like podcasts, so Impact School Podcast. Uh, but yeah, personally, I'm all over social media. You can just find me as Lauren Tickner. And uh, I hope you enjoy my content. Awesome. And I'll let the other nice British lady finish the show. Have you checked out Data Driven Magazine yet? We are looking for writers for the autumn 2023 issue. Please check out datadrivenmagazine.com for more information. Thanks for listening and be sure to rate and review us on whatever podcasting app you are listening to us on.